Good afternoon. Welcome to Noontime Prayer. Woo! 40 days of fasting and prayer, and uh, it's been great. Last week we talked about Thanksgiving, and then we talked about praise, and then we talked about why fast, and then we talked about how do we fast. And, uh, and how do we fast? We really started the entrance into another little section. First of all, we were talking about entering in uh, to the holy place, entering into the presence of God. And we do that, we enter the gates with thanksgiving, the courts with praise, celebration to God. Woohoo! Yeah! Y'all, y'all want to try it real quick? What? Three, two, one. Yeah! All right, amen. And then we talked about the benefits of fasting, which they are vast and they are overflowing. It makes a difference. You can feel uh, what's changed just in a week. So we started fasting about a week ago. Uh, This, I believe, is day seven of the fast. It's part five of our noonday prayer. And um, we welcome you that are watching. We thank you all for being here. Welcome you for being here today. It's going to be awesome. But uh, we talked about... Uh, then we talked about in what, when we talked about fasting and the benefits of it, then we talked about how do we fast? Because we read scripture where you can be fasting and it really doing you no good, right? And, uh, so we want to make sure that we are fasting the proper way. Now, then when that, what we talked about is that we need to be walking in love in our fast. If we're not walking in love, then we're missing the whole point. If we're not walking in humility, the two, two factors really, if you boil it down, was love and humility, which humility is covered under love as well. So it's really just making sure that we pay attention to those things and we walk in the things that God has for us. Amen. So uh, talking about consecration today, this is funny. The, Will you take the hat off of my son in uh, there? Not your fault, his fault. Don't wear that hat in church. All right. Amen. It's part of get it set off. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. Part of, part of what we do when we're talking about consecration is we're, we're coming before the Lord with an extreme reverence and holiness, right? And uh, one of the things that's important to note is that when uh, people came into Uh, the gates with thanksgiving. Then they moved into these courts with praise, the inner court, right? They moved into the outer courts. It came through the gates into the outer courts. Then they moved into the inner courts, the holy place. And then they moved into the holy of holies where God was. But only one person there went there. That was the high priest. Well, Jesus ripped down that veil of separation and gave us the ability ourselves to move into the place where we fellowship with God. But at the same time, we see a pattern that we need to apply to our lives that is not old and antiquated. It's a pattern that we need to walk in still to this day. And that is a consecration, a holiness, and a reverence of God, starting with thanksgiving, coming through the gates, then praise, and then a lifestyle of worship, which means that our lives are given. We are a living sacrifice, given, holy, and acceptable unto God, right? So this is not something, this is New Testament that says that. Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So when we talk today, we're talking about consecration. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about 
holiness. And then for the rest of the week, we're going to talk about hungering and thirsting after God. So that's what's coming up. Today, I'm going to give you four reasons, four specific reasons why uh, we should be consecrated. And I want you to see this. So uh, as we go into it, one of the things that the priest would do is they would come in through the gates, then they would thanksgiving, praise into the courts, but then the priest would consecrate themselves. Before they entered into the presence of God, they said, Lord, let us get holy, right? Now, you have to understand that Jesus came to fulfill the law. He basically got rid of it by fulfilling it. And in that, he empowered us with his grace to fulfill every part of the law. In other words, we don't have to keep the law every jot and tittle like, like it was before. But at the same time, we have that law written on our hearts. And you'll find that one of the things in the New Testament, under grace, under the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus, is that God calls us to be holy. That's not something that's Old Testament. That's God. It's always, all time, he calls us to consecrate ourselves and be holy. We're going to look at a couple of those scriptures. But one of the things that happened was those priests, they would go through a a big ritual, very detailed ritual to come into the place where they could move into the presence of God. Well, it's one of the things that we need to understand that although we might not have to fulfill the law uh, completely like Jesus did to go to heaven, we accept him by faith. We're not living by the law anymore. We still should have enough reverence to say, I don't come into your holy presence with a bunch of junk on me. That For me to walk in and say, hey, just accept me who I am and, and, and you just take me because you need to. Well, that's irreverent. That's, that's completely outside of God. And a lot of people, that's what they're doing in church. That's what they're, they're just, they're assuming that God has to take them. And he doesn't. He did it out of the love of his heart. Now, out of the love of our heart, we don't boldly in pride come before him. We come boldly in humility before him and say, look, Lord, I'm not trying to bring all my mess into you. I'm trying to come into you as, as holy and consecrated as I can. So even though the process that they went through in the Old Testament was in the Old Testament, thanksgiving, praise, consecration, and a, and a life of worship, it doesn't make it an old and antiquated way that we should throw completely away. It shows us the pattern that love should, should push us to. If we truly love God, then love should push us to be more holy. And it's all over the New Testament. It's all over consecrate. And so one of the things that we're going to do, we're just going to look at consecrating ourselves today. And uh, we're going to look at holy, uh, like I said, holiness tomorrow and then the hunger of God the rest of the week. Next week, we're going to talk about the normal of God. Okay, what does God call normal? Because we need to understand what he wants us to walk in, right? Amen. And so before we get started today, we're going to go over this, then we're going to pray. But let's just pray right now. Lord, 
We just ask right now, we just open up our hearts and our minds that you would show us exactly what you would like for us to see today. Lord, let there be none of the world, none of our thinking, but let it be all of your thinking and all of your ways. Father, we just praise you. Lord, we thank you. We just enter in right now. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, you are so awesome. You are so great. We enter into praise. We celebrate you, Father. We worship you and we thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you've empowered us to be consecrated. You've empowered us. You have empowered us to be holy. Thank you, Father, for it. We just worship you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. Now, is this or is it not New Testament? It is in the New Testament. Is this then, let's, let's call it the what it is too, the New Covenant. Is this a part of the new covenant that we are in that we should be accountable to? Yes. And what you see in here by the Holy Spirit who empowers us with grace, right? By the Holy Spirit, he says this, 1 Peter 1, 16, Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. See, if we are of God and he is holy, then we should be holy. We were talking yesterday about healing. If he is healing, then we should be healing, right? We should be carrying healing with us because we are supposed to be the DNA of him. We are made in his image and likeness to operate and be like him. Not just, and to become more like him. To grow up to the fullness of the stature of Christ in Ephesians 4. Right? We are not to just sit back and talk about him all the time and never move towards him. We are to be like him. Is God holy? Is God consecrated means, uh, simple is be set apart. Separated. And made sacred. Is God separated and made sacred? Yes. And so our job is, as believers, are either we're believers or we're not. Our job is to be separated and made sacred. Okay? So this is our job. So I want to look at... Um, the definition of consecration, I just looked up several. Uh, that, And here's what I want you to see. Here's three statements. Consecration is the action of making or declaring something, typically a church, sacred. So it's the action of making something sacred or declaring something sacred. This is sacred. You don't touch this, right? I, I look at it, you know, look, when we come into this place, uh, this is just a church, it's just chairs, it's just a building, but you know what, what we do here is sacred, it's holy, right? The Lord got on to me one time, he's like, you, you're dishonoring. One time, uh, and some people may have, have issue with this, uh, but I have issue with not being holy. So um, I, we had one time, we played a football game in the sanctuary at the old church, right? 
put it up on the screens, everything. They had their commercials. It, it was, you know, pulled back some, but it was still, we had it in the sanctuary because that's the only place we could sit everybody. And we were having a family meal and everything like that. Well, because of the layout of that church, it was a lot, a lot more modern. It wasn't as traditional looking as even this building is. It didn't seem all that wrong at the time. But later on, the Lord got on to me and he said, I was like, Lord, something's off. Something's wrong. He said, yeah, you brought, you mixed holy and unholy things in a place where you want me to show up and be holy, right? You're not under a law, but you need to reverence me and reverence what you're doing. It wasn't a matter necessarily of the place. It was a matter of I'd let my heart uh, basically receive a mixture. Oh, yeah, we can watch that in here. See, that wasn't, it wasn't the place as much as it was my heart. And I need, I, I repented. I went to our leadership team. I said, mm-mm. Never again. We'll never do that again. Why? This is a holy place. This is a place set apart to worship the Lord that's sacred. We need to take action to consecrate it and make it holy. If we want holy stuff to happen here, then what we do is we make it holy. Same thing with our bodies. If we want anointing and holiness to operate here, then we set this body apart. We set this life apart and we take action. We consecrate it to separate it and make it sacred. Another definition is the action of ordaining someone to a sacred office. The action of ordaining someone to a sacred office. See, now, then the rest of that sentence says typically a bishop. But here's the thing. Are we not all kings and priests in God? That's scripture. So is this just for five-fold ministry, full-time preachers? No. This is for every believer is to consecrate themselves and take themselves and make themselves holy because every one of us is a minister. And if the church can get a hold of that, they will start walking around on fire for God. But the thing is, a lot of times we have in our head that that's just for, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's not. It's for every believer. And if we can get a hold of that as church, man, we can change a region, change the world. It's awesome what we can do if we would do that. The last definition is dedicated to a sacred purpose or dedicated to a holy purpose. So consecration is an action to become sacred or become holy or to make something sacred or holy. And that means it's a separate thing. You don't treat it the same. You know, one of the things that's happened in our country is we've taken all these things, uh, even holidays, right? Holidays, we made holidays into everything. But they're designed to be holy days. That's what they're, you know, it is. A holy day. But do we, do we honor them anymore? Or do we just, you know, like, oh, thanks for the day off. Then we don't bring any honor to it. We don't bring anything to that. People don't mind working their workers like crazy on holidays, stuff like that. We're supposed to set things apart. That's the design. That's what a Sunday is. That's what a rest day is. He said, look, this part of the Ten Commandments, this is my day. Keep it holy, right? 
He tells us to keep Sunday holy. See, we're supposed to consecrate it. Take action to make it sacred or take action to make it holy. That, and whose responsibility is it to do that? Is that the Lord's? He already is holy. It's our job to be the ambassador and set things right now at this time because we are his hands and his feet. So let's look at uh, the Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. We'll go to verse 21. Or no, we'll go to verse 20, excuse me. Second Timothy Chapter 2, and we're going to look in the New Living. The New Living says this, I have, it, I have it in here in the New Living. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver. I love how it says this in the New Living. It says the same thing in other, um, in other translations, but the way it puts the words in here makes it so clear. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. So let me just ask you a question. Do you want to be an expensive one or a cheap one? Expensive, expensive one. We want to be the honorable ones, right? Do we want to be the gold and silver or the wood and clay? We want to be the gold and silver. Now, not only should we desire to be that, but what does, des what does God desire for us to be? The expensive ones, the gold and silver, right? The honorable ones, yeah. the sacred ones, the holy ones. All right, verse 21. If, that's a big word. If, New Testament. If, <laughs> if you keep yourself pure. You, now this is a promise from the Lord, you will be. Yeah. You will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. And listen to this, another promise from the Lord. You will be ready. You will be ready. This is a promise. You will be special. You will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. You will be special, you will be ready, if you keep yourself pure. If you consecrate yourself. You make yourself sacred, you make yourself holy. If. Verse 22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. This to me, man, when I first got this and I saw this, uh, particularly in this translation, it just opened up to me. I saw the power of living holy, of living a consecrated life. You know, this time of fasting, 40 days of prayer and fasting, it's not just to pay a price. That's not really what it's about too much at all. That does come into effect, but that's more with our conscience than it is anything else. But it also is, hey, we're sowing, and so we should believe that we're also going to reap. I mean, we, we receive. Right. 
right? Don't, you don't ever give something in the Lord and not put faith towards receiving. That's unbiblical, right? right? It's unbiblical. That might not be your ultimate motivation for doing it, but you shouldn't, you should not apply faith, right? You shouldn't not apply faith. You should always apply faith to it. But at the same time, this fast, even though we're paying a price, it's not the price that's the big deal. It's the fact that we, there is a price, there's a cost, but it's not that. It's that our hearts are saying, Lord, separate me. Help me be separated. Help me be sacred. Help me consecrate myself and be more like you. And then if God is that table, that means if I'm more holy, I can step closer to him and be near him. I can, I can be closer. I can walk with him. I can stay in this place. I can stay in this place. So uh, basically, consecration is taking action to move from sin and worldliness to God and holiness. Consecration is taking action, making decisions and taking action. See, we want to be holy, but a lot of times we don't do anything about it. That's what we're doing during this 40 days of prayer and fasting. We're doing something about it. You're doing a great job. That's awesome. You're saying, Lord, I'm taking action to remove myself from sin and worldliness and move into God and his holiness. Glory to God. So here's one of the things. Uh, why do we want to consecrate ourselves? Here's four reasons to consecrate. Now that first verse, 1 Peter 1.16, the first reason to consecrate ourselves, he commanded it. In that, in that verse it says, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. That's pretty clear. Not, not much beating around the bush there. <laughs> All right. We're commanded to do it. And listen, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that we just think is okay because the world's accepted it. Maybe even our church friends have accepted it. But this is something that really got on, on my nerves a while back. And I just found, I found a lot of people around me over the time, not all of them, but a lot of them, were just okay to push commandments to the side. And I wasn't getting them all right. But I knew if my heart didn't desire to consecrate myself and follow his every commandment, then my heart, I was never going to get to the place, to the fullness of the stature of Christ. And I knew that that was the goal. And it's supposed to be the goal of every believer, right? You know, it's supposed to be the goal of every believer. And yet, we just say, well, we don't have to be holy. Well, you might not find a Christian in church on Sunday morning that would say that with their mouth, but yet what does their actions prove throughout the rest of the week? No holiness, no consecration. I mean, you start talking about praying and fasting and most of the church is like, <laughs> enjoy yourself, brother. No consecration, no holiness, not willing to pay a, a cost at all. It's like, okay, Jesus paid all the cost. He did it. See in heaven. What kind of heart is that? What kind of heart is that? Yeah, I mean, that hurts my heart to even think about. Hurts my heart to think about that. 
We're commanded. In other words, we need to take these commands, like, like earlier where it said, flee youthful lust. Right? That's a commandment. It might not be one of the ten, but it's a commandment in the New Testament giving us a way to live the way God wants us to live. And yet, how many people, even in the church today, do we see fleeing youthful lust? I'm telling you through the years, I've counseled so many people. Well, it's like, don't put yourself in that situation. Why did you do that? That's stupid. You know your flesh is going to rise up. And then it's going to get passionate. And it's hard to put that down. You know what your flesh wants to do. Why would you do that? Right? Why is that? Because we've not honored a Lord's command. Our Lord's command. And yet, here is a command that says, be holy. But how many of us have been, just honestly, don't, don't raise your hands. Not you on, don't raise your hands either. Unless you're alone in your cubicle and nobody can see you. How many of us have actually pushed, taken action, gone after consecrating ourselves and being holy? I'd love to tell you that I have, and a lot of people think I have, and I probably have more than others have. But I'm not rating myself on the world. I'm looking at Jesus, and according to Jesus, like I've, I've missed it. And I'm, I'm, letting, I'm telling you, these scriptures today, they are challenging me. They, they are they're, uh, really uh, quickening me, drawing me. To, to go after consecrating myself even more. That's the thing a fast will do. It's the thing prayer will do. It's the thing spending time in, in, with God will do. In the, in the word, in prayer, in worship. Those kind of things it will push you towards. We need to be challenged by that. And see, all of a sudden, when you start looking at it like that, how much does it weigh for us to follow the command of God and push after consecrating ourselves versus going after, you know, uh, vacation time or retirement or the beach house. See, when we really get this thing right and weighed out properly, we have the right weights on things we're honoring correctly. It, they just don't compare. They're, God said, be holy as I'm holy. You know, I... We're praying eventually, but right now I'm preaching. Receive that, amen? There, there's, he says, be holy and, and going after these worldly things that are all going to be burnt up. And, and most of the time they equate to nothing in terms of eternal things. It weighs nothing. That's why, you know, you're sitting here today, you're watching here today. Uh, but the reason why you're sitting here, the reason why you're watching is because years ago, nine years in like three days will be, uh, Boomerang will be nine years old in three days. Happy birthday, amen. But nine years ago in a living room with no money but a word from God, no money, no people, but a word from God. There were about 10 of us started in a living room, right? No connections to people. There was nothing. Just the Lord said, go, go, go. 
he led me to the connections that we were supposed to have. I wasn't supposed to make them up. He was leading me to those people that we were supposed to have. We have them today. But he, he was leading. But at that point, there was nothing there. Basically, he was telling me, leave everything behind and start a ministry. And this ministry is here today because... We went. Now, what most people don't know, I mentioned it here and there. I'm mentioning it now less and less, but I'll mention it when the Lord tells me to. First four years, I had zero salary. None. Four years. Now, praise God, our needs were met. But if you're working, the Bible says you deserve to be paid, right? But it was just, it It didn't happen. Why? Because there was a word of God that the Lord told us to get off. Maybe I got it wrong, I don't know, but here's what I want you to know. When everybody else is focusing on how they're going to retire, how good they're eating, I'm focusing on building the kingdom. You're now the beneficiary of somebody that said the word of the Lord is stronger than those worldly things. And you wouldn't be receiving the life and overflowing life in this ministry had people not made that choice. Because it wasn't just me. It was me and Nicole and it was other ones too that gave and volunteered. And still to this day, you know, we're asking people to volunteer. Why? Because the things of God and the eternal things of God, they are worth more than this world has to offer. And if you will put those things first, he'll take care of what you need and what you have. Today, it looks totally different, right? Today, I get a paycheck. Glory to God. Amen. I'm pretty happy about that. And, and it's better than it used to be. It, after four years, it went to 500 a month. Woohoo! That was worse than minimum wage. Of course, the four years was worse than that. So I was pretty happy, <laughs> right? But, and then it raised up a little bit and then it raised up a little bit more. And I'm, I'm about, uh, I'm about a average worker right now is what I'm making. Well, that still needs to go up, you know, it still does, but I'm pretty happy. I, I'm doing what the Lord, look, 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 look. I get to partner with God. And will it go up? Are our needs and even our wants and desires being met? Yes, the Lord has supplied and he's provided, right? But here's the thing. Will it go up and up? Yes, 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 it will. And it's, it's doing that now. Glory to God. But here's the thing. My king, my, the creator of the universe. Glory to God. The creator of the universe saved me from hell. Allowed me to be part of his family. And now the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator of everything has asked me to be a part of what he's doing. And I get paid for it. That's pretty good. Oh, I'm a happy, I'm a happy boy. I'm a happy boy. Happy boy. Happy, 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 happy. All right. So why should we consecrate ourselves? Four reasons. Number one. We are commanded. What I'm saying is, find your source and provision more in his commandment. The God, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of you, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Understand that you might not see the logic in the reward, but he is a rewarder. And he will reward you as you honor his commandments. He will bring you up. That is exactly what I'm trying to get across to you. As we put down logic, 
like we weren't getting paid, you know, I wasn't getting paid. And, you know, as we put down that logic that the world would say you're crazy, God says, look at my boy. Look at him doing what I've called him to do. He's honoring my word. He's honoring my commandments. And now we've started to see the swing. It took more time than my flesh wanted, but it doesn't matter. We're seeing the swing. That was more important because in the long and short of it, what's more important is that the word of God gets done even more than what I receive. And when I get that right, all of a sudden things start to work in our lives. So what I'm telling you is, I'm telling you the same process I went through. Put his word first and he will reward you. It will be, we'll look at a scripture, it will be here on this earth and it will be in eternity. He will reward you. He doesn't leave you without reward. He is a rewarding God. Hebrews eleven six. I mentioned it earlier. He is, he is diligent. He is to reward them that diligent. We seek him. That's who he is. Anyway, my point is, reasons to consecrate ourselves is because he told us to be holy. He told us to consecrate ourselves. Get his word and his commandments as a priority in your life and you will never lack for anything. Amen? Second reason to consecrate yourself, it has rewards. Now and in eternity, Mark chapter 10, verse 29, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake. Now he says, in the verse before that, Peter says, Lord, we've left all. In other words, Lord, we've given everything. He's talking about giving here. And he says, truly, there's no one who's given for my sake and for the gospel's sake, verse 30, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions. That is a part of it. You will Look, people are not going to be happy that you love Jesus and he's rewarding you. He won't, people are not going to be happy that favor will be on your life or that you will have joy when everybody else is mourning. They're not going to be happy about that. They're not going to be happy when you say, look, if you want to have these things, you need to go after God with all your heart. And a part of loving him is consecrating yourself. You know, even this week, uh, last week at school, uh, one of my daughters had somebody, they, she was fasting. You know, here she is, she's 13. She's fasting as long as we are, right? Glory to God. And one of her, uh, one of her uh, uh, kids at school basically said to her, you're doing what? That's stupid, right? Now, is that persecution? Yeah, it's persecution. Is it great persecution? No, it's not great persecution, but it is. That's that peer pressure. That's stupid. Why would anybody do that? I'll never go to your church. Well, that's just a kid speaking out of ignorance of what they don't know. But here's the thing. In that moment, we've got to understand that when we walk and choose Jesus, there will be persecutions, some small, some great. And we're willing to put up with that. Jesus was persecuted. We counted an honor. Just think about how our mindset is so backwards. We're supposed to count it an honor to be persecuted with him. Yet most time when somebody persecutes us, we get all up in a fuss, you know. Right. Like, like. We weren't expecting the world to put that on. But look at the promise here. Four reasons to consecrate yourself. We are commanded 
two, it has rewards now and in eternity. So he says, if you'll give for my, for my sake or the gospel's sake, you will receive a hundred times now in this age with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. In other words, and you will be rewarded in eternity. Look at, so that is not only the spiritual side of it, but look at Joshua 3, 5. Joshua 3, 5. Joshua chapter 3, 5 said this, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. How many people are wanting to see wonders in their life? Amen. Consecrate yourself. It's a part of it. It's a part of it. We have everything in our righteousness, but you know the scripture over in 2 Corinthians 9, it says you have the ability to increase the harvest of your righteousness. One of those ways is by giving. That's what it's talking about there. But there's other ways by being obedient to the commands of the Lord. Be holy as God is holy. Right. We consecrate ourselves as we're obedient. We step into those blessings. Grace doesn't just afford us everything. Grace affords us the power to walk out everything that he commands us to do. Amen. He says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. I'm telling you right now for people that are hearing this, you consecrate yourself and tomorrow, today and tomorrow, God will start to do wonders in your life. He will do exploits in your life. There's another verse in Daniel that says, you will do exploits. Them that know their God. Well, to know God is to get to be with him and to be around him. And how do we get to be with him and around him? We consecrate ourselves we get closer to him we stay in his presence and those people will do exploits glory to God so number one four reasons to consecrate yourself we are commanded two it has rewards now and in eternity and then also look at uh, 1 Corinthians 9 24 so those are, some, those are some of the things where the Lord rewards us now. Let's look at where he rewards us in eternity. So 1 Corinthians 9.24, this is in the New Living as well. Now listen to this. This is God talking to a New Testament church. Does God want you doing things for a prize, for a reward? I might be messing a little bit. Amen. <laughs> yes, he does. Listen, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? Now listen to the command from God right here. So run to win. In other words, run the race to obtain the prize. And why, why would God say that? Because he loves you. He wants you to have the prizes. And I want you to notice what these prizes are. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. 
So we know from Jesus that there will be rewards now in this lifetime and in the time to come. The ones here are nice, but honestly, they're fading away. But we also, but they're nice. And we need to believe for them because out of abundance, by running the race for a prize and receiving an abundance in this world, the word says we will have an abundance for every good deed. So if you don't run to win, if you don't run for the prize, if you don't give to also receive, then you're going to have a hard time actually having an abundance to be able to give what you need to give in this world. But the whole other side of it is, it's not just for this world, it's also in the world to come. Now, he says this, he says, he says but we do it for an eternal prize. Or a prize, a reward that will go on forever. So what we do here on this earth determines rewards that we will have in eternity. You see that? And he says, don't run this race on the earth without any hope or without any you know, chance to win. Run to win. Run to win. Now let me ask you something. If the Lord told us to have an abundance to do every good deed, and then we know that those good deeds would cause eternal rewards, right? Do we want the eternal rewards? Then we have to have the good deeds, right? If we have the good deeds, in order to have the good deeds, what do we have to have in this world? An abundance. So in other words, for us to not receive an abundance holds us back from doing every good deed, which holds us back from the eternal rewards. And God didn't put the scripture in there just to blow smoke. He put it in there for us to see, look, if you will consecrate yourself and run for the prize, there are eternal rewards related to setting yourself apart and walking in the godly things. There's rewards to it. So consecration is not only we're commanded to do it, but it has rewards now and in eternity. We've got to believe God and run to receive now in this time and receive in the time to come. Most people, they just think about in the time to come, but they're, because that's all they're thinking about, they're not even receiving here and they're not doing what they need to do to receive in those eternal rewards, right? Here's the other thing. He says in 2 John 1, 8, 2 John, good gravy, what time is it? Time to get hurrying. 2 John 1, 8, watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward, right? This is, an e this is an eternal reward. And he says, how do you receive the reward? How do you receive the eternal reward that goes on forever? Watch yourself. Watch yourself. What does that mean? I allow the holiness of the Holy Spirit to shine his light on me. And anything that I see that is worldliness and sin... I consecrate myself from it and I set myself apart. I watch, I make sure nothing grabs a hold of me, no wrong thinking. I make sure that I separate myself from that. In the same moment, I'm running the race 
for those rewards. He wants me to run for those rewards. Amen. Now, I'm telling you, this is going to be in some of the life group. What I'm talking about right now is going to be in some of the life group stuff. So I'm not trying to get all into that, but you're going to like it. Amen. All right. So one, why do we consecrate? We're commanded. Two, it has rewards now and in eternity. Three, there are a lack of rewards and there are penalties associated with a lack of consecration. Can you repeat that again? There are a lack of rewards and penalties associated with a lack of consecration. So let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages, the penalties, the punishment, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just sent you all the notes. (laughs) The wages of sin is death. In other words, the consequences, the penalties to sin. See, sin is the opposite of consecrating. If I enter into sin, there's a wage. There's There's a consequence. There's an effect. And that effect of sin is death. Sin's pleasurable for a season. The, the next verse I wrote down in uh, the King James, Hebrews eleven twenty five, choosing Moses, talking about Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So sin has pleasure. I mean, that's why it's so enticing. That's why it's been difficult for people to, for like church people to help others get rid of it. It has pleasure in this fleshly body, but it also has a price. And I'm telling you, the price of consecration is nowhere near the price of death that is the price of sin. That's a good word right there. The price of consecration doesn't even compare to the price of sin, which is the price of death. Or the price of death, which is the price of sin. It doesn't even compare. When I learned that, it made living this life wholly so much easier. Because I realized that although I really want to do this thing in my flesh for a period of time... I don't want it as much as I want the blessing of God because the blessing of God's awesome. It's so good. It's so good to walk in. And the, that pleasure of sin for a season, it just doesn't compare. Not only that, but the pleasure of sin might last for like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, maybe, maybe a few years. But the pleasure of consecration lasts for an eternity. How do you compare that? You don't. Not only that, but the blessings now in this time, it doesn't even compare. All the time, Nicole and I look at each other and say, praise God, we don't live by that that anymore. A lot of times that word is fear because you watch, we watch all the time how fear will rack 
people. And they're so moved by it. It's like fear pops up in their head. And they're like, oh, i got to go do this. And fear pushes them this way and that way and this way. And they're just so, they're under pressure all the time. And we're like free as a bird. Why? Because we've consecrated ourselves from those worldly ways in that area. And we're working to consecrate ourselves more. And by grace, Lord, grace empower us to consecrate ourselves and be holy as you're holy. And the more we do that, the more we step into the presence of God, the more things start to work. The more, the more we talk about him, the more, more we spend time with him, the more we pray and see those prayers work, the more we talk about him and proclaim him to people. The kingdom gets built, which is part four. Four reasons to consecrate yourself. We're commanded to do it. It has rewards now and in eternity. There's a lack of rewards and penalties associated with a lack of consecration. Four, God's kingdom is advanced. Look back at that verse we talked about earlier, the 2 Timothy 2.21. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. In other words, when the kingdom needs advancing, you'll be ready. Consecrating will set you in the place where you're ready. You're ready to go. You're ready to put your hand to the plow for God as his hands and feet on this earth. And not only that, but you will be holy. You will be special. That means you will be anointed to do that thing. God, God shows up in power with you. Glory to God. So the four, four things are we're commanded. It has rewards now and in the time to come. There's penalties to not doing it. There's wages. And it builds the kingdom of God, which that means that people come. The, the creation of God, mankind, comes into the family of God, which is God's heart, right? Now, the last thing we'll look at is how do I consecrate myself? I'm not strong enough. I don't think I'm strong enough to consecrate myself. How do I do it? And basically your consecration is simply this. It's going after God and putting down the world. It's, it's dropping sin. We're going to talk some more about that tomorrow, about the individual areas as we talk about holiness. But we need to understand that basically if it's a sin, when you don't do that, you're consecrating yourself. But you're taking action ahead of time. You're being purposed and intentional to go after the things of God instead of the things of the world. Look, no, I'm not just doing it because everybody else is doing it. What is God telling me? I'm consecrating myself. But here's the thing. What if you think, I don't know how to do this, or I'm not strong enough to do this, right? Well, let's look at this. You, you remember this? Let me read this. 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 2 through 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Grace and peace. The answer to how you can consecrate yourself how can you even live? How, how, let me ask you this. How are you even able to breathe on this earth? It's the grace of God. It's his favor and empowerment in your life. It rains on the just and the unjust. You wouldn't be able to get up in the morning if God's goodness wasn't at work somewhere in your life. Wouldn't even be able to get up. It's God's goodness. Matter of fact, if it wasn't for God's goodness, this world would have just been destroyed long, long time ago. 
You are here because of the grace of God. Well, that same answer as to how you can live is the same answer on how you can be consecrated. And he says, so in other words, we've got to pull on that grace and say, Lord, I don't even feel like I can walk this way. I don't think I can run from youthful lust, but I'm pulling on you. I'm pulling on your grace, your empowerment, and I will live a consecrated life. Not because I can do it in myself, but through you, Jesus, I can do it. I can do it. Amen. So look here. So with that in mind, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our Lord, of Jesus our Lord. Seeing in his divine power, wouldn't it be nice if Jesus had told us in his word somewhere that he had given us everything to be consecrated? Wouldn't that be nice? Seeing that in his divine power, he has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's already yours. You already have con consecration power in your receiving of salvation through Jesus Christ. In your inheritance in Christ, you have already received the power to be a consecrated person. The only reason why you're not consecrated is you didn't know it, you didn't believe it, or you didn't take action on it. That's the only thing holding us back. We didn't know it, we didn't believe it, or we didn't take action on it. That's it. But if we know that, now you know it because I just told you. If you'll believe it and take action on it, you will be empowered to live a consecrated, holy life. And you can be holy like he is holy. Because he told you to be. Simple as that. Seeing that his, it's not your power, his divine power, his power is granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. That's a sacred, holy, consecrated nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. You will escape it. He will empower you to live it. And he's already given it to you. You just got to know it, believe it. And act on it. And his grace will empower you to do that. Glory to God. You've already been given the power to do just that. I know this one's a little bit longer than normal. But we needed to get some points in here. We'll finish up probably in about five minutes. Then we'll pray. I know some people may have to go back to work. But uh, it, it'll be online. Glory to God. Amen. So let's look to. You remember where Moses said. I want to show you one other point. Uh, Moses said in Hebrews 11 earlier, he said that sin had a, uh, pleasures for a season. Let's go back there because he said something else that will help you when you're looking to get consecrated. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment, persecutions with the people of God. I'd rather be with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In the New American Standard, it says this, the passing pleasures of sin. They just pass away very quickly. 
He considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He was looking to the reward. He was looking to the reward. So, all right, now, what did Moses have his eyes on? The prize. The prize. Uh -oh. He had his eyes on the prize. He was looking to the reward. In business, we used to have a thing called delayed gratification. That meant I will do today so that I will have tomorrow, right? Oh, and here's the thing. In the word, we have delayed gratification too. It means I won't do the things of the flesh, but I will do the things of God today so that I might have the things of God. But it's not always tomorrow. It's you receive it now. We receive it. We start walking in it by faith. We have it. But you'll look at, here's two things that Moses did to step into consecration. You notice what he did. He said he chose, he chose to stay with the people of God because he said the persecution, right? The persecution that I will receive is worth the reproaches is worth the consecration time. It's worth the reproaches of Christ. In other words, where Christ would tell him, I want you to do this. Don't do that. Don't take part with the world here. Don't take part with the world here. In other words, there was correction. There was discipline from Christ. And he said, because I have my eyes on the prize, I see that it's worth more to put up with the persecution and to receive the correction and discipline and the consecration that Jesus will lead me into. It's worth more. And with my eyes on the prize, I can see that. It keeps me focused on that. It keeps me focused when I look at those eternal rewards now and in this time and in the time to come, the things of God and the rewards of God are better than the persecution and having to tell my flesh to shut up because Jesus wanted me to do something else. But he says, look at the very first verse there in verse 24. What was the first thing that he said? It was in faith, by faith. It was by faith. That Moses. So Moses, with his eyes on the prize, said he applied faith and said, Lord, I believe in you. I trust you. I'm stepping out because your prizes, your rewards are better than everything else that I'll face. And so he moved into consecration, not only empowered by God, but he moved into the empowerment by the Holy Ghost, by the grace of God. He moved into the empowerment through faith. How did he grab a hold of that grace, that empowerment to live a consecrated life? He grabbed it by faith. In other words, it wasn't because he was feeling it. It wasn't because he was feeling holy. It wasn't because he felt like he should be consecrated. He said, doesn't matter how I feel, by faith, Lord, I will walk this consecration out. It's not necessarily what I'm going to want to do in my flesh. It's not what people are going to treat me nice for. But by faith, I will walk this out. I trust you that you will empower me every step of the way. He did it by faith. I want to show you one last thing. Hebrews Chapter 1 and verse 8. So, consecration is commanded by God. It has a rewards now and in the time to come. Now on earth and in eternity. 
We escape penalties and the wages of sin by consecrating ourselves. And it builds the kingdom of God. And how do we move into consecration? The first thing is we know that God has given us everything we need to live consecrated. We, we, know, we know by the word he's given us all of that we need inside of us through Jesus to live consecrated. And by faith, we draw on the power of God through grace to walk that out. Most people, they're not, they're not walking that out simply because they think they can't. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, I just can't do that. No, you think you can't do that. But what you don't know is what God's already given you. He's already given you the power to walk consecrated. You've got to stop thinking that you can't. You've got to look at this word and by faith pull on the power of God to walk out that consecrated life. You can forgive that person. You can put that anger down. You can put that fear down. You can uh, put down that, that harsh thinking towards that other person. You can put down that temptation. But you've got to draw on that power from God by faith. You by yourself probably can't do it. But with Christ, through Christ, by faith you can. I want to show you this. This is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. You have, it says, but of the Son, he says, God says. But talking about Jesus, God is talking about Jesus and he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. The righteous scepter, walking in right standing, walking in righteousness. That's the scepter. That's the rule of his kingdom. Verse 9, you, talking about Jesus, Jesus, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness, hated sin, hated transgression, hated iniquity. You have loved righteousness and hated sin, basically, to boil it down. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. See, when we're missing the power of God in our life, one of the things that we're really missing is a hatred of sin. What we're really missing is consecration. We haven't separated ourselves from the things of sin. One of the reasons why Jesus was anointed, anointed, is because he hated sin. He was anointed and raised above his companion because he hated sin and he loved righteousness. That's consecration. And we are called to follow the example of Christ. We're called to follow him. So as we wrap up today, you know, our whole point, prayer doesn't have to be long. It just has to be strong. That doesn't mean that it's loud. It just means that we have agreed on the word. Faith has risen and then we speak out those things. So let's agree together right now. Father, we see so clearly in your word the need for consecration. Lord, in Jesus' name, we consecrate ourselves in this prayer and fasting. We consecrate ourselves. We give ourselves to your consecration. Lord, we want to be holy as you are holy. Help us to walk that out through your grace. 
We boldly approach the throne of grace and find help in time of need. This might, need, might not be a desperate need because there's not something going wrong right now, but it is a desperate need in the kingdom of God. We desperately need your help, your power, your empowerment, and your favor to strengthen us, to consecrate ourselves and separate us from sin and worldliness and move closer to you and your righteousness. Father, help us to be consecrated. Lord, help us individually. Help us as a body. Let Boomerang be a consecrated place, a holy place, Lord. Lord, let this be a place that, that hates sin. That hates the sin. Not, Lord, not because, not because people sin, but because the wages of that sin is death, Lord. That it's enticing. It's a trap to people and we hate it because it traps people into death. We hate it for ourselves and we hate it for other people because we want to see the love of God shed abroad in their hearts and poured out in their lives. Father, thank you. Lord, we consecrate ourselves right now. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your uh, presence, Father God. We give ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. We consecrate our lives to you, Father God. Lord, it's our rightful service. Father God, that's what we owe you, Father God. Uh, uh, <laughs> people might say we don't owe you anything, but Lord, we owe you our lives, Father God. It is our rightful service to you is, is yes, our lives. Right. So Lord, we sacrifice our lives to you, Lord Jesus, whatever you would have us to do, Lord Jesus, in whatever way, Lord Jesus, we're supposed to uh, give you our lives, Father God. We do that, Lord, in a realm of purity, in a realm of uh, authority, in a realm of grace, Father God, Lord, we submit our lives to you, Father God. Lord, we are in agreement today for the things that you're doing, Lord Jesus. We are in agreement with you. Lord, we line ourselves up with the Word of God, and we line ourselves up with the plan of God, Lord Jesus. We thank you that your timing is now, and we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. Thank you, Father God, that everybody would receive exactly what they're seeking from you, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we receive your promises today. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence today, Lord. We thank you, Father, for being here. Thank you, yeah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, we just take into account right now that our consecrating of ourselves it builds your kingdom. It goes after the things of your heart. And Lord, here's what we do. We put your heart, your things, your priorities above ours. We make you the priority. Lord, we see that you commanded consecration. Lord, we want to consecrate simply because of that. But not only that. But Lord, your kingdom will be built because of it. Lord, we want to consecrate ourselves because of that. 
Not only that, Lord, but you want to bless us. You want to save us from the wages, from the penalties of a life that lacks consecration. And you want to take us into a place where the blessing overflows now in this time and in the time to come. Lord, we set our eyes on the prize. We set our eyes on your commandments. And we see that consecration is so clear to step away from sin. Flee youthful lust. Lord, make ourselves pure to be ready for every good work. Lord, and we do it by this, this way. We set our eyes on the prize, just like you showed us in your word. By faith, we grab a hold of your grace and your empowerment. We grab a hold of it and we know that every step we take will be strengthened and empowered to separate ourselves from worldliness, to separate ourselves from the things that would bind us. During this time of 40 days of prayer and fasting, let consecration be in the lives of individuals and be in this place. We receive it as ourselves. We reject and renounce worldliness and sin. Father, we ask your forgiveness for it. We repent of it. We're turning right now and we are becoming a consecrated people for the rest of eternity. We are your consecrated and holy people, Lord. Thank you, Father, for it. So that I'm all yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. When the words of our mouth lines up with the faith of our heart, those things are done. Doesn't have to be long. It just has to be strong. And that's how you make it strong. You go about it the way the Bible told us to. And that is speak with your mouth and believe with your heart and do not doubt in your heart. Lord, we don't doubt that we are strengthened and empowered to live it out. We don't doubt that the rewards are there. But Lord, we have faith that we are drawing on that grace, that empowerment and favor to walk out a consecration and increase the fruits of our righteousness. We declare, just say this with me, I, I hate sin and I hate the penalties of it for me and everybody around me. I hate sin and I love holiness. And I'll go after it. Empowered by grace. By faith I receive it. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all so much for being here. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Today was a strong one. You're, be happy you heard this one and stuck around and listened because this is a big deal. There's probably more that was imparted here than there has been any other day. There's something, there's something tangible to this today in the spirit. It's very powerful. So glory to God. You can just rejoice. I received something. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we want to, I, I just about forgot. Lord told us every day we just take up an offering. So if you'd like to give while you're here, you can just put something in the basket. And if you'd like to give online, there's a link for anybody that might be given after we sign off. Just simply, Lord, any type of giving into the kingdom of God, it represents their heart, Lord. It represents their time. It represents their life.
It is like their lifeblood, Lord. It's part of their life that they're giving. Father, we see that. We esteem it. We see it for who it is. And Lord, we just ask you that it would be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over into their lives in every way. And we just thank you for it. Multiply the seed sown in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye.